Welcome to the Be Your Best Self podcast. My name is Becky Taylor and I'm a transformational coach dedicated to helping every individual to become and continue to be the very best version of themselves possible. Each week I'm so incredibly lucky to have the opportunity to chat with people who have been massively influential in my life in the hope that their knowledge can in some way benefit you on your journey of transformation from who you were yesterday to who you dream of being tomorrow. On this episode, I have Ayal Matslai from Intimate Power joining me. Ayal is a sexual empowerment coach, author, and speaker. He helps holistic professionals harness their sexual energy to transform their creativity, business, and well-being. He created and leads the sexual empowerment movement, which integrates sexual education into coaching, wellness, and business. Ayal's best-selling book, Orgasm Unleashed, Your Guide to Pleasure, Healing, and Power, was endorsed by leading female sexual educators and described as the best female orgasm book I've ever read. Originally from Israel, Eyal now lives in Melbourne, Australia. And I first came across Eyal's work late last year through a podcast. And I don't think I've had so many light bulb moments in such a short period of time ever. Eyal's work has opened up my mind to what is possible for myself as a woman and with my relationship with my fiancé. And I have no doubt each and every listener will be absolutely blown away by the wisdom shared in this episode. Ayal's greatest satisfaction is helping people step into their power, own their sexuality, and turn their gifts into an offering. And I know what some of you ladies might be thinking. Who is this man talking about female sexuality and orgasm? And I don't blame you, but I'm pretty sure by the end of this episode, you'll realize he knows exactly what he's talking about. So let's not wait another second and welcome Ayal to the show. Hi Ayal, thanks so much for being open to chatting today. I'm so excited and grateful for you to share your time and wisdom with us as I have no doubt all our listeners will be a much better version of themselves just by being, just by listening to the wisdom that you have to share, especially our female listeners. Well, thank you for the introduction, and it's totally natural if somebody is thinking, you know, what the F is this guy uh, talking about, you know, our bodies and our sexualities. Totally natural to uh, to think that, and you know, you can change your mind if you if you want to, and you don't have to, you know. And uh, I speak. Uh, thank you for saying uh, share you share my wisdom. I would love to uh, share my experience uh, with you. Yeah, maybe there's some wisdom as well. <laughs> Before we get started, though, I like to ask all of my guests a question. And the reason for this is because I find so many of my coaching clients terrified of allowing themselves to do this one thing and almost even more afraid of other people seeing them do that. And that one thing, believe it or not, is crying. So if you feel comfortable, would you mind sharing with our listeners when the last time was you cried and why? Wow, that's a very timely question. So as a man growing up in an Israeli, you know, family and and society and stuff, I repressed my emotions for many years. Um, And, you know, it's like we get this, this same messages, you know, boys don't cry and, and specifically the Israeli thing. It's like, you have to be a man. Uh, Israeli is like, it's like Arabic and Latin, you know, kind of like combined. Um, 
and then I got into the spiritual scene, and in the spiritual scene, there's this idea of, of you know, subliming your emotions, witnessing your emotions, you know? So, so I was doing that. It was just another form of suppression. So I was really, it's like, for years, I'm really good in just holding somebody, you know, specifically a woman, and she starts crying in my, in my arms. But for me, I hardly ever managed to do this. And it became a story as well. It became my story. I was like, yeah, I don't cry. You know, sometimes I would tear. And then I attended this, um, I attended this um, men's retreat recently outside of Prague. And I have cried like I have never cried in my life. And I, and I literally mean in my life because when I was a child, you know, I was probably like sent to my room to cry or I would run away to cry. I wouldn't cry in front of people, in front of, you know, strong men, some of them, you know, leaders in sexuality, coaching, men's work, business, and so on in the world. And I was, I was not just, you know, tearing, but, but sobbing and, and just totally breaking down in front of those men. And that was blissful. That was so good. And people were telling me, it's like, oh, wow, it's so amazing to see a man that can do this. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. This is the first time I've ever done this. So, so yeah, since the retreat, it's kind of like uh, closed a little bit again, but uh but yeah, it's there's, there's more openness than than ever. So that's uh, so 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 bless you know cry, the ability to cry. Yeah, and I love how that you described it blissful. That's how I find it as well. It's just such a a beautiful release of emotion, you know. Especially if we sort of hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, and then let ourselves let go. And yeah, yeah. it's it's like yeah. it's and, sort of cleansing. And I think there's a, there's a kind of like. I like to, to look at everything from two or, or a million different you know, sides and directions. And there's also those people who cry all the time. And, and it's like, it's like in, some, in some ways, it's not a release. It's kind of like a victimization and traumatization and, and a constant emotional like mess that they're in. So, so for those people, they actually need to learn to, yes, to, to witness the emotions and not to go into the story of the emotions and to let that kind of like pass. And also to take action in order to change things. You know, mm. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not on that side. I'm, I'm definitely on the side of needing to express more. But, but there's some people who say, like, oh, I wish it can stop, you know, and, and I also help those people to, to ground and to center so they don't, so they're not emotional messes and, and ruled by their emotions, hormones, and bodily sensations. So, and mm-hmm. other people, by the way. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah, cool. Thanks so much for sharing. Now, there's a few different topics that I'd like to cover off on today, um, and I'm sure they'll just build on one another organically. But just to get started, would you mind just sharing with people how you came to be in this field of work? And for those women out there who are thinking, who is this man to know this stuff? Um, how you know what you know? Um, <laughs> well, do you want the two-minute version or the 20-minute version? <laughs> um, so I was always very sexually inquisitive, played with my, you know, I was like five or so and played with my next door neighbor and found her clit, like really like doctor and patient, you know, serious. And then I didn't watch porn when I was growing up. Instead, I, I read this beautiful uh, martial arts books. So there were like pages upon pages of descriptions of lovemaking and, and, and really like the, in, the internal feelings and sensations, you know, not just this that you see in porn and then i was always very attuned to to people around me so i approached this woman in our 
in our group when I was a teenager, I was like 17, and I asked her, did, did any, any bad things happen to you, you know, like sexually or something? And she said, how do you know? Nobody knows. And I just picked up on her, on her body language and stuff. Um, and then I was sexual in some ways, but I was also very shy, you know, and I was um, breaking out of my shyness by becoming more sexual and more, more, you know, more active with, with women. And uh, then I discovered the Tantra school and I came there to become a better lover. But in some ways I found God, I found spirituality, I found myself. Um, so my slogan for that is, you know, I, I came for the sex and I stayed for God. <laughs> um, and one of the things that I, I learned there is, you know, conscious lovemaking and yoni massage and healing and so on. And I started practicing this with, with women that I was making love with. And back then I was really, really sexually active. So I was um, <clears throat> practicing this with, you know, for 10, 15, 20, sometimes 30 hours a week, which I think is sometimes what people spend making love a year. Okay. So, so there was a lot of practice. And then women started telling me you should offer this as a service, you know, as a paid service to other women, not as a lover, but as a practitioner. And I said, who, me? I'm not good enough. I'm not ready. I'm not certified. I'm not this. I'm not that. And then a friend of mine said, you're already doing it. So just acknowledge that and just do it. And I started holding a lot, a lot of sessions. And uh, we can talk a little bit about the field of sexual healing. And people uh, mm -hmm. do a workshop, you know, two days later, they, uh, they, um, start offering services as a practitioner. So I had, I don't know, hundreds, maybe thousands of hours of experience before I actually started doing it. Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, I started holding workshops, uh, created something called Tantra is Love, uh, which, is a, which is a Tantra school in Australia, uh, published a book called Orgasm Unleashed. And the book has been endorsed by women, by female sexuality educators. You know, so that's just... Uh, um, yeah, to give a to give a bigger bigger picture of this work is actually comes from experience and you know not from university. And I have sexologist friends who say we don't we don't learn anything of what you teach in in uni, and we should. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, and by the way, the work is is very deep. So you know, sexual empowerment is one thing that I do, but actually the whole idea is that I'm using sexual empowerment to get people to unleash all of their gifts, their creative gifts. Uh, and like you mentioned earlier, to, to share them with others, to help others, and also to create products and services around that. And I think that integration is very important. It's missing because there's like business and there's like sexuality in the world. And for me, I'm like, let's bring this together. And that's something I definitely wanted to chat about at one point too is how do you bring those together? Because I suppose at first we sort of go, oh, am I going to be prostituting myself? You know what I mean? Like am I going to be putting myself out there to gain something in business? And a lot of things that you talk about, um, because I've had quite a lot of trauma in the past as well, and at first I've felt myself be triggered. But then as I've processed things myself, I've been able to see things a lot differently and just think the work that you do is incredible. So I guess maybe we'll just start that when it, when it comes to invest, embracing our sexuality um, and as women especially, one, like why have we become so suppressed to begin with, you know? Wow. 
this is the laugh of uh, you know, and I, I need to condense <laughs> sexuality. We have a delusion around sexuality in society. So we in the Western society, the whole Western world, we look at places like I don't know Iran and you know uh, African countries when they perform you know, female genital mutilation and where women are, you know, have to cover themselves and there's like really strict rules around sexuality. And, you know, people think they are repressed, they are oppressed, they are, you know, backwards, they are primitive. We are, we Western society, we are very empowered and very, very free. And honestly, that's bullshit. <laughs> because you just have to look at the problems of society in order to see what's actually under under the surface. So porn is a, is, a, is a societal epidemic and porn by itself is not a problem. Porn is a symptom of the problem, you know? So, so why do people go to porn? So that's one thing. The second thing, you know, look at the Me Too, like look at the Me Too uh, movement. You look at the, at the rates of abuse, of rape, of aggression. And by the way, not just men to women, which is another, you know, delusion of like the Me Too movement. It's between the sexes and it's inside the sexes as well. Okay, so look at, look at all of these issues. Look at um, diseases that men and women have. So uh, for men, the most prevalent cancer is prostate cancer. Okay, directly connected to sexuality. Um, for women, it's breast cancer and also... Um, the whole, the whole uh, genital area, okay, cervical cancer and so on. So if anybody listening believes in the mind-body connection, you know, that's, that's it's not just, a, just about having a one-hour orgasm. You know, in a few minutes we can talk about, you know, deep, big orgasmic experiences. But it's not just about having amazing sex. It's literally about staying alive and being healthy and, and, and being shining and abundant and, and amazing at life rather than just getting by. And another, another statistic I want to get you know, there as well is that the average men um, last for 5.4 minutes from penetration to ejaculation. So again, we look at this and we think like, ah, oh, that's average, that's okay. You know, if somebody, if somebody uh, lasts 11 minutes, they're like twice better than the norm. But again, that's like, you don't have enough time to really connect with you know five or ten minutes of, of penetration, and then you look at women and you look at the at orgasm issues. You know how many women don't experience orgasm or don't experience a really deep, encompassing, sacred orgasm. So women do the same thing that girls do, and they just you know they're just scratching their clitoris, and the clitoris is amazing, beautiful, and I love it, and it's you know there's some pleasure from it, you know. But many women think that, think that they're orgasmic, but they're actually in contraction and in actually in a trauma response rather than being relaxedly orgasmic, orgasmic, rather than being orgasmic through relaxation, rather than through doing and pushing and squeezing and contracting. So the reasons are, so, so that's, that's the situation, okay? I just described the problem. Okay, the, the, the kind of like the proof that we have problem as a society. And by the way, I have a whole uh, article that we can uh, share the link later. It's called, uh, mm -hmm. uh, Is Society Sexually Repressed? And we don't know it. Um, <clears throat> and the reasons are, you know, religious, 
obviously, starting with, from religion, societal. No, so yes, there's the patriarchy, and yes, men have been, you know, in charge in some ways. But women are part of the patriarchy as well. Okay, so many women are, are cooperating with these ideas, and they are, they are teaching that to their sons and to their daughters. Um, so as a society, there's, there's a big disconnection from myself, from my sexuality, from my body. And instead, there's layers of, of um, how do you say that, compensation. Okay, and there's layers of fakeness. Okay, there's so many, there's, so, so there's a problem, and instead of dealing with the problem, you know, people will take Viagra and get, get a stronger vibrator or read some sex book, you know, to get them through to a new position or whatever, but they're not actually looking at the source of the problem, which is our connection with our sexuality. Uh, does that answer your question? I'm happy to... Uh, yeah, absolutely. And so what is sexuality? What is sexual energy? We're so disconnected from it, then we don't know what it is. Yeah. Where do we start? So, yeah. So first of all, sexual energy is about ourselves. And that, that's like, that's what, that's a meaningful pause. Okay. <laughs> sexuality is first of all about ourselves and it's not even about sex. So I, I usually use the word sexuality instead of sex because sex is considered like the act. Sexuality mm -hmm. is, the, is, the, is the energy, is the field, is the... And you can say sexual energy, or you, can, you can say life energy or life force energy or, or, or prana or chi or whatever. That, these are all related. So, so the natural energy which is running in your body, um, the natural sensations that are running in your body can be naturally orgasmic, can be pleasurable. Um, the moment that you stop uh, suppressing and um, numbing your your feelings and your sensations you will start feeling much more okay and so many people resort to you know tobacco alcohol foods uh, i have a slight you know sugar addiction so i know that one very well um drugs work shopping social media talking whatever in order to numb the the their feelings and their sensations so sexual energy is that energy which is running inside, our, inside of us 24 hours a day. And we just have to connect to it rather than do something. Um, sexual energy comes from the polarity with, within yourself, the polarity of the masculine and the feminine. It comes from actually being alive. Okay, Babies in the womb, so fetuses in the womb, masturbate. Okay, There's, there's like um, ultrasound... Uh, uh, videos of babies in the womb masturbating. Anybody who has little babies and children see that they are masturbating all the time. So some people say it's like, ah, they've been maybe they've been you know uh, sexually abused and this is why they are hypersexual. No, children and people are naturally sexual until society comes and represses that and says, don't do that. That's dirty. That's wrong. Don't don't touch your whatever the name that parents call the, the, the genitals of, of kids. Um, so sexual energy is running very, very strongly in people until it's, until it's repressed. And it also comes from polarity. So it comes from, from you know, being attracted to somebody else. But then many times it's a, it's a projection of our sexuality rather than an expression of our sexuality. So 
the first thing that I teach for people is to connect with themselves, connect to their sexual energy, connect with their body. And then, you know, or let's say sometimes in parallel, connect with another person. But many people miss out and, you know, it's like don't give the, the importance of connecting to themselves. So when you're talking to Sen about this, and I, I like I love um, sexual energy being referred to as life force energy. I just think it, you know, there's just a whole nother feel about it for me anyway. So when you talk about, you know, like babies and kids, you know, touching their genitals and that sort of thing, I guess if the energy that's flowing through us, this life force energy through, flows through all of us, when they're touching and exploring other parts of their body, they're still exploring the same energy. It's just that then because it's those parts of our body that we are told, you know, that's, that's no, 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 that's a private area, you know, we put these labels on it, that's yeah. when... Yeah, is that am I picking up on that right? Yeah, you know, so so there's it's the same exploration, it's the same energy. It's just that sexual the whole sexual thing has been associated with our I guess our sex organs. Like our yeah, genital so everything, area. Everything is sexual. Okay, so so all of our body is sexual, everything is erogenous, everything is orgasmic, everything is attractive. Okay, so yes, the genitals are obviously the, 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 the biggest and most obvious expressions of that, but it's not just that. Okay, so it's, it's really important for people to, to first of all, celebrate that. And, and, and obviously, there's a, there's a whole discussion about how do you, how do you deal with, with kids' sexuality because you need to, to celebrate their sexuality but still teach them about when it's, I don't want to say the word appropriate because it's, it's such a charged word, but when it's, when they can express it and when they can't express it. Okay, in what situations and with, with whom they can express and not express, you know, because usually parents just do like this. Like, don't do this, don't express this, don't do it ever. So you can say it's like, do this in your room. Okay, but maybe, you know, when we're in the shopping mall, maybe then, you know, you cannot, you know, you, you cannot necessarily do that. And, and by the way, that's, yeah, there's a whole, there's a whole <laughs> Yeah. And I, okay. So something else, because um, my fiance and I went to Bali last year and did a, a couple's Tantra course and that was our first introduction to it. Um, and have done a little bit, just, just only entering into the whole world now. And it, there's this whole thing of, you know, taking the goalposts off the field, you know, because we're just so focused on sex, as you said before, it being an act and it's about getting to the goal, which is both people, one or both people having an orgasm. And it, and it is, it's like how you refer to it, especially as women, it's like doing the same thing over and over and over again. But it, it's not that relaxed feeling. It's not that energy movement. It's just, it's a task to achieve yeah. something. And yeah. so taking the goalpost completely off the field. And, and I love what you said before is that, Orgasm is not the release of pleasure. Orgasm is the build-up of pleasure. It's, it's, yeah. Can you talk a bit more about that? Because I know a lot of people will be like, what? Like, this is, what is this? This is the first time I've heard any of this stuff. Yeah. So many people see orgasm as, um, as yeah, as the goal of sex. And sometimes it's also, you know, with men practicing ejaculation control, and I, and I also teach men how to do that. Um, it's like also something that they try to avoid. So again, there's like a goal. So there's so much focus on something. And with women, it's like, you know, did you orgasm? Did I give her an orgasm? 
and women put so much stress on themselves. And I, honestly, some of the tantra field is putting um, pressure on women because then before there was just orgasm. Now women, you know, come to me and they, they come to me for, you know, a body work session and they're like, I want to experience a G-spot orgasm, a cervical orgasm and female ejaculation. And I'm like, thank you for expressing what you want. And maybe mm -hmm. we can kind of like relax and, and just see what's, what's alive in the field. Okay, what's, what's actually happening. And so remove the idea that you need to orgasm and instead connect to being orgasmic. And that might seem like a paradox, okay? But orgasm is one thing. And in the book that I have somewhere, I talk about, you know, 20 or 30 different kinds of orgasms. And yeah, you, yeah, thank you, the book. <laughs> orgasm, I lift you right to a pleasure, healing, and power. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, but in the same time, focus on sensation, focus on pleasure, focus on connection with your own body first. Focus on, you know, when, when two people are together, focus on exploration. Okay, how does it feel when I do this? How does it feel when I do that? How does it feel for me when I do that? Okay, so both giving pleasure and receiving pleasure and also taking pleasure. Okay, and so many people are so focused on pleasuring the other, but there's also a whole field, you know, with the, with the wheel of consent about how do you, with consent, how you take pleasure from somebody else. Okay, mm -hmm. so there's so much exploration that has nothing to do with orgasm. And orgasm can be a really beautiful byproduct, okay, from those explorations. Because when you connect, when you stay with sensations long enough, when you don't numb it, when you don't have an explosive orgasm, which is ejaculation for a man, and um, most kinds of, you know, clitoral orgasms for women, when kind of like there's, a, there's an explosion and afterwards there's a, there's a drop of pleasure and your clit feels like kind of like, don't touch me, it's too sensitive. That's, that's what I mean by, by explosive. And again, the clitoris is beautiful and there's no problem. You know, so if you avoid them, you allow the energy to build up. If you don't tense your muscles, you allow the energy to expand in your body. If you, if you allow your breath to be relaxed, not breath work, not fire breath, not whatever it is, you know, it's like so many people are pushing breath instead of allowing breath, allowing sound. You know, because once you have pleasure in your body, there's sounds to it. And again, another sentence from the book, you know, every, every pleasurable sensation has a sound. Every sensation has a sound. Every emotion has a sound. So allowing those sounds, allowing the body to move naturally rather than making a movement. And once you start to explore all of this by yourself, which we can, I'm happy to talk about in a moment, or with another person that might, might by the way, might be your partner, might be a friend even, you will start ex experiencing not just orgasmic experiences, but all of the emotions that you suppressed all of your life. And some women, it's like they're about to orgasm and then suddenly they break up, break down and cry. And again, blissful crying. Or they orgasm and they're so happy that they orgasm and suddenly they, they have like rage coming up because they suppressed the, the, the rage. And then once they allow themselves to feel it and to orgasm and to relax, suddenly all of that stuff comes up. So it's really about allowing rather than doing. And that's something I wanted to talk about as well is, you know, we hold trauma in our body and in, in our, yeah. in our yoni as well as women um, and not just sexual trauma, but other trauma as well. Yeah. yeah. So I, I like to call it, you know, the body remembers or the yoni remembers. And yoni is by the way, the Sanskrit term for vagina. Um, vagina, I find a bit uh, an official 
and Yoni is uh, Yoni is nice. Um, so yeah, if you had a woman listening to this, any time in your life, a man penetrating you too soon, too early, moving a little bit too fast and too hard inside you, having any kind of discomfort or pain, or even the man coming too fast, by the way, I mean, I don't know if that's your experience in the past, not in your, in your current <laughs> part, in your past, that, that like you're looking forward to sex. You want to be, can we, can we say the, the F word? Can we, is that? Pardon? Can we say the F word? Yeah, go for your life. I'll just put cool. the little E on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, please. You know, I'm totally like E. Uh, <laughs> so you want to be penetrated. You want to be fucked. You want to be taken. You want to be ravished. And then your man comes in like, you know, five minutes. And then a part of you goes like, what the fuck? It's like, I want, you know, part of it is that. And part of it's like, I want to connect with my man. And I have very hetero, you know, normative language. So make the, the mm-hmm. translations if you need. It's like, I want to connect with my partner. So all of this stuff leaves imprints inside women's vaginas and inside women's bodies, by the way. You know, it's like the, the, the throat holds a lot for both women and also for men. So... Again, if you believe in the mind and body connection, um, sometimes like literally muscles tense up and they stay tensed for decades. So I walked sometimes with, with 15, 60 year old women and there was this point in their vagina that was, that was painful. And suddenly we released it and they remembered something that happened 30 years earlier. Okay, so the body remembers and it's very important to work with both the mind and the body in order to dissolve those things. So we can talk a little bit about holistic sexual healing and what that, what that entails. Um, but the idea is that, you know, somebody, if somebody has a back pain, they don't go to a psychotherapist. Okay, they go and have a massage. But what happens when somebody has a pain in her, in her vagina? She goes to a, to a doctor, she goes to a gynecologist, the gynecologist gives her fucking pills. Mm-hmm tells her to do some operation or whatever. And it's, it's horrendous what's happening, you know, in the, in the medical industrial complex. Okay, and women are, it's like, so suddenly there's, you know, all of these disorders in the past 10, 20 years that women are diagnosed with and then they are given treatments for. So instead, you have to understand that if you have pain in your vagina, you have to physically deal, both physically and also mentally, emotionally connect with that. And by the way, sometimes it's even beliefs. So I'm not totally discounting, you know, counselors and psychotherapists, but it needs to be connected, you know, somatic, connected to the body, involving the body. And the person itself needs to do their work by themselves. Let's find another work, another word for work. Need to heal themselves Mm -hmm. um, physically as well. And we can, I can share more about that, how women can do that if you're interested. Yeah, absolutely. So, so the most important practice that I suggest to everyone, um, women and also men, is self-pleasuring. And self-pleasuring is not exactly masturbation. Because, you know, many, many women tell me, it's like, yeah, I have a vibrator, you know, it's like I'm orgasmic, I, you know, I get like 10, 10 orgasms every day, I'm happy. And I'm like, hmm, okay. So self-pleasuring is about connecting with your body without the vibrator, you know, throw the vibrator away. So the vibrator is actually desensitizing women. And it's kind of like a quick fix. 
and it's creating actually a cycle of addiction. It's exactly like a man ejaculate, ejaculating, so masturbating, ejaculating to porn every day for, I don't know, once or twice. Exactly the same. Okay, and I'm not dissing, you know, the clit. I just want to say it like, you know, 10 times women understand that. It's how you relate with your body that is important. Okay, so instead of using a vibrator, first of all, use your fingers in order to really feel your vagina. And by the way, many, many women use vibrators, but in some ways they don't actually connect to the inside of their vagina. So I don't know about you, it's like, it's like most women have, you know, vaginas, not just clitorises. Mm-hmm. But, when, but when women focus, they focus on the outside. Mm-hmm. So instead, instead, you know, connect to all of your body and arouse all of your body and make love with yourself like you want to be made love to. Okay, that starts with your face and starts with your breast and starts with, you know, putting incense and music and so on. And I have, you know, in the book, there's a, the self-pleasuring kind of like rituals and stuff. And then it's really about internal stimulation with a dildo or something that looks like a dildo and non-vibrating dildo in order for you to really discover all of the areas in your yoni that are either numb or painful or pleasurable and you can expand that pleasure. And that needs to be done every single day for at least one or two, one or two months. And people don't like to hear it because they want the quick fix. But I can, I can promise you, I have seen women turn from literally frigid. Frigid women came to me, and you know, most of my work is via Skype. I do a little bit of body work, but, but that's the message. It's not even me with my magic hands touching mm-hmm. those women. It's me suggesting them a practice, and if they actually follow it, I've seen frigid women turn into sex bunnies. They told me, it's like, I don't, I don't know myself. I can't sleep at night. Because mm-hmm. I'm vibrate, vibrating like naturally, okay? I'm shaking and orgasming without doing anything. This is what it means to be orgasmic, okay? But in order to get there, you need to, to go through that hurdle sometimes that women have that they tell me it's like, I'm putting the time, I have the time, I'm ready to do this, and I'm just about to do this, and there's something is stopping me. I'm about to, or they say something like, oh, my intuition tells me not to penetrate my yoni with this deal. It doesn't feel natural. And then it's like for weeks, it's the same thing. And then I say, it's like, is it the intuition or is it resistance? Is it shame? Is it, do you want to, you don't want to be the woman that masturbates with, I don't know, cucumbers and carrots or whatever. Okay. So doing this every day for one or two months, every single day for at least 30 minutes, if possible, an hour, avoiding explosive orgasms, which is so important. Because if you want to be orgasmic, orgasmic is like um, saving and investing. Like somebody would tell me, it's like, I'm trying to save money, but I don't know what, I don't know what happens. I never managed to save. And I'm like, yeah, why are you spending like so much money every day? <laughs> okay, and I'm all into, you know, enjoying life and spending money on good things. But orgasm is, is an energy. Orgasmic energy, it's like a bank. If you keep depleting yourself, you're not going to actually have those deep whole body internal orgasms. Okay. So it's about avoiding, not avoiding the clit, avoid, enjoying the clit. The clit is amazing, again. But knowing how to internalize your pleasure and bring it to all the body and not to explode, but to implode. And the and same, can, by the way, with men. Yeah, please. Can you talk a little bit more in more detail about how we lose that energy then, like when men ejaculate, you know, and the, and the 
clitoral orgasm. Can you talk a little bit more about that as well? Because I know when I first heard that, I was fascinated and I was like, another light bulb moment. Oh, this makes perfect sense, especially how how we then behave after that happens. You know, men yeah. go to sleep and women are like, oh, like, you know, don't touch me, I'm all sensitive. Yeah, well, you know what? Thank you. And 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 let's let's, you know, build on your experience when you just said how how does a clitoral and by the way, I like to say explosive just because explosive always sounds good, you know, Tony Robbins sometimes uses that word. But explosive means terminal. Okay. Mm. So because because the clit is beautiful and I don't want to, I don't want to diss the clit, you know, don't diss the clit. Um, so how does, how do those orgasms feel for you, love? Exactly how you've described them, just short, sharp, and almost like a feeling of loneliness and separation afterwards, I guess. And having experienced the same thing, I guess, being on the receiving end with my partner when he's ejaculated, he just shuts down. Like it's like the walls go up, he goes to sleep, you know, like, and he's just yeah. like, you know, and and learning about that and then him learning to, which is he was extremely good at beforehand, but moving into the learning about Tantra, for him to hold back and move that energy through his body, you know, like, but it's it's just something that we're taught, you know, it's like it's a race to the finish line and it's like yeah. there's this pressure on us, you know, oh, if if I have an orgasm, then we've had sex, you know, it's, and it's about changing our mindset and our beliefs about it as well. But as for the physical experience, exactly that, like yeah. just short, sharp, and then a feeling of disconnection and yeah. loneliness. And, and I'll, add, I'll add another thing. It's like there's an urgency. Mm. So there's an urgency to come. Okay, and women would, I would see them, and it's like they would, they would rub and they would squeeze and they would like um, do something with their breath. I can listen to a woman and know which kind of, orgasmic experience that she's having okay and that will be like oh, oh, oh. it's like trying to push something mm-hmm. um there's there's a lot of tension in the body there's a lot of contraction in the body the, the breath like i said is very very shallow um in the pleasure like it's pleasurable i'm not i'm not going to say it's not pleasurable i mean ejaculation is also pleasurable for me but with women and those clitoral orgasms the pleasure is very very small very short so it's like what 15 seconds 20 seconds if you avoid that you can have a 15 minute orgasm and some women hear this and they say ah you know 15 minutes one hour it sounds it sounds exhausting because they're used to an orgasm being exhausting because what happens Mm. to women is exactly like men many women again there's i know there's like 10 percent listen to me and say like it's like what is he talking about because they're they're not having the explosive orgasm that they're having implosive ones okay from the clit so what, what happens there is the energy is exploded outwards and lost rather than, yeah, so it's lost and that's why you get tired. Many women tell me that they get sad, they get agitated, they get bitchy, they get attached because you're attached when you're not actually satisfied, okay? Um, the clit, the, 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 the most um, obvious sign is that your clit becomes hypersensitive. Same thing, by the way, for men. Okay, it's kind of like, oh, it's like I came, it's like don't touch the, the head of my cock right now because it's like, ah. And then there's a feeling of, it's like there's some level of satisfaction, but it's very low. It's more a depletion than a relaxation. So that's one kind of orgasm. Okay, we can talk more about that, but that's, yeah, kind of like, you know, it's my orgasm rather than our orgasm. And some women cannot have another one. Some women can, by the way. But some women, it's like it hurts the really deep orgasmic experiences. 
later on. So that's the explosive orgasm, sometimes called the clitoral orgasm or the terminal orgasm. And I also, and yes, sorry, I also find it to be quite in the head, you know what I mean? Because it's just a focus on the outcome, like getting, reaching the goal. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, exactly. it's like, it, there's no time for a heart connection. There's no time. And that's something that I'm learning as well is it's so important for us to be in our body. But when we're yeah. focused so hard on doing this to get that in, you know, this and this, and then we've ticked the box. It's, yeah, we're just in totally. our heads, how we live our lives anyway, you know, and we're so disconnected yeah. from our bodies too. Yeah, and I, I'll add another word there. It's a very masculine energy. Mm. It's a very masculine orgasm. So actually women are so over, women are over masculinizing the, the society and many men, by the way, we're talking about patriarchy, but many men are not actually in their mature masculinity. So when women are, are Running, running masculine energy in their life, they're also running it in their sexuality and that hurts them, like literally. Um, and yes, the, the other kind of orgasm is, is the implosive one, which means you're not losing your energy, you're, you're circulating your energy, you are, you are yeah, well, circulating your energy throughout your body, you're expanding it rather than contracting it. And that, that requires less effort, that requires relaxation and that requires some form of surrender. So many women that are about to orgasm, or let's say to have, you know, a, a deepening into the, into the orgasmic state, and they would change something so they don't get there. So I will be, you know, pleasuring, you know, my lover, like making love with her, and, and with my cock, it's like, I'm, it's like I can see, you know, for my cock, I can see inside. And I can really feel this area that she doesn't want me to get to. And that's where I'm going. Okay, and it's like, I'm nearly there, I'm nearly there, I'm nearly there, I'm nearly there. And then just when I'm about to like really reach that point in that certain angle with that certain flow in the lovemaking, she changes position. And for me, that's like, and I tell it's like, just, just wait a second. Okay, and I see this with women when they self-pleasure. So, you know, I, I walk on Skype and coach women to self-pleasure and and they will be building up and building up and building up and building up. And then just when they are about to, to drop into that orgasm, they would change something in the breath, sounds, movement, stimulation, position. And that's because a real orgasm, a deep orgasm involves surrender. And many people, including myself, are terrified of surrender. And surrender is not just kind of like, a mental thing. It's really, it's really that point. And if somebody's taking no hallucinogenic drugs, that's, that's what happens as well. Okay. It's that moment when you go like, I cannot hold anything right now. I need to let go of everything. And it feels a little bit like dying. So this is why in French, um, orgasm is called le petit mort, the, this, this small death. And in those moments, sometimes women, you know, if you see them in movies or it's like women actually would shout, I'm dying. I feel like I'm dying. Okay, and it's the, it's the most sweetest death ever, but it's, if you're not used to it, it might be a little bit uh, scary. And by the way, I don't want to scare anyone. It's like, again, it's the most beautiful experience in life. And allowing yourself to surrender brings more orgasmic experiences. Allowing yourself to have orgasmic experiences bring more surrender. And this is why whatever you do in your sexuality affects your life. It's not just about sex. 
And those orgasms, there's different kind of pleasure. It's not just more pleasure. It's not like instead of one gram of pleasure, you have 10 kilograms of pleasure. You have, usually you will have gray pleasure and suddenly you will have pink with yellow dots and whatever, rainbows. And I know it sounds a bit silly what I'm saying, but this is actually the, actually the experience. It goes into your body. You connect with your partner. You connect with the whole of life. And some women have like really, really, while orgasming like crazy, they, they will have a meditative experience at the same time. So, so the field is, is, is huge for orgasm or for, let's say, orgasmicness. Um, and, that, and, and it all starts with you. It all starts with the person themselves. Is there, because we have, so many of us have this need to control things, does that play into why we struggle to being able to surrender? Yeah, yeah, very much so. You know, so I, um, it's a really big thing in society. Okay, control, putting up a face, being good, being acknowledged, being accepted, doing the right things, okay, being the right person. Uh, you know, tall poppy syndrome in, uh, in, uh, in Australia? Mm -hmm. Okay, so don't be a tall poppy. Mm -hmm. Okay, the Scandinavians have Yentelogen, which, which does the same thing. Even the Americans, or societies, you know, related to the Americans, like Israel, it's like they have the thing about success, but in the same time, only the successful people can be successful. All the other ones, like, don't, don't even bother. Mm -hmm. okay. So yeah, this thing with control, I'm a dancer, okay? I'm, I'm one of the things that I do is also conscious dance and uh, partner dancing, freeform partner dancing. And so many women hold tensions in their body. Okay, so I'm just trying to move them and there's no steps and you know, it's like everything is very relaxed. And, and it's like they will try to do what I'm getting them to do, but they're doing it rather than allowing the body just to naturally flow. And the same thing in sex, they would get into a, they would do a movement rather than feeling where my body is and flowing with me. Okay, and by themselves, they would, again, do a movement rather than allow a movement. So when you really surrender, it's not about surrendering to a man. It's not about surrendering, not even to God. It's about surrendering to yourself, mm. which is God. Mm -hmm. so, so I know that when I am dancing sometimes i am dancing i am doing the dance but i'm when i'm really relaxed dance happened by itself and they're like oh wow it's like i'm doing this movement and i didn't even think that you know i want to do this movement but finally oh i'm doing it and it's amazing wow i didn't know i can it feels so good so so again it's about dropping control and and with two partners it is very important to let go of control and to let the other people the other person lead by the way, sometimes a man can let a woman lead. Okay, it's not always the man leads and the woman, woman follows. Uh, but generally with the, with the masculine and feminine energy, yes, the masculine more holds, holds the space and guides and the woman can be shakti, can be energy, can be chaos, can be emotions, can be orgasm. And then it engulfs the man in that. So yeah. Let go of control, and I have a, I have another article which is called uh, "How to Sur Surrender to Your Man," or you can say "How to Surrender to Your Partner." And, yeah. And that's I definitely wanted to chat a little bit more um, quickly before we finish about the masculine, masculine and the feminine energy for people who 
um, haven't really heard this before, but just before we do, is there an element of as well of being able to surrender to ourselves knowing that we're worthy, like self-love and acceptance mm. and that sort of thing, you know, because it's just another form of pleasure and taking care of ourselves as well. We have to believe that we deserve that, that we're worthy of it. Does that come into play first? And if it does, do we need to heal that part of ourselves first? A hundred percent. I love, I love what you are. Sometimes, sometimes the interviewers, instead of, instead of just asking the question, gives the best use for the, for the interview. You know? So thank you for bringing that up. You know, and self-love is in the course of my work and also my work with myself. I'm still, you know, I'm not, you know, on this podcast as some enlightened guru or whatever. I'm still doing this work with myself. And self-love is one of the biggest, most crucial things in anybody's life, regardless of sexuality. And there's so much expressions of, of people, like I say, it's like trying to be somebody else, trying to please their parents, maybe even trying to please their dead parents. Um, and with self-love, sexuality is directly related to that. And sometimes I would ask a woman, you know, it's like, are you worthy of this pleasure? And sometimes women would stop and say, no, I'm feeling like I'm not. And I say, yes, that's what I ask it because... It's like you're building and building and building and building, but it's like you're not allowing yourself to experience that. And self-love, and by the way, I'm pretty sure I'll write a book one of these days about self-love. The practice of self-pleasuring is directly related to that. And I also call it self-loving. Because again, women will tell me, it's like, I, I'm, not, I'm not finding the time. I'm too busy. There's other things going on. I feel a resistance to it. And I ask them, who is more important? You or anybody else? Because there's also this thing about saving everybody else, taking care of everybody else, rescuing everybody else, instead of taking care of yourself. So if you don't think that you're worthy, give yourself a, an hour a day that you only spend time with yourself, touch yourself, caress yourself, put oil over yourself, and then you will get the self-love. So don't, don't wait until all your ducks are in a row. Like the self-pleasuring brings, brings that self-love. Asking for what you want with a partner is an aspect of self-love. You know, I was, I was working with this um, woman and she says, yeah, it's like my husband loves me and wants to take care of me and pleasure me, but still it, sex is painful because um, I'm not wet, wet enough, I'm not ready enough for him to penetrate me. But she said, yeah, but I don't know. It's like I, he gives me ample time to get aroused before he penetrates. So I should be like, okay, I should be ready. And I asked her, what is ample time? He said, 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. I said, really? It's like, I make love some, with, with some women that are really, really orgasmic and sexual and you know, no issues, no nothing. And sometimes they would take two hours. Sometimes they would take five minutes. But sometimes with a partner, it would literally take two hours until she would be, two hours of sex, not two hours of a date. Two hours of, of sexual, sensual experiences. So loving yourself is also asking for what you need. First of all, from yourself. And then from your partner and people around you. So yeah, self-pleasuring is, is the, the, one of the most important practices in that. And so I guess if people go, oh, I just don't have time for that. I just don't have time in the day. How can we then go, you know, because we have to look at our values and what's important to us. And maybe they at the moment value things like family time or career or other parts of their life more than they do this at the moment. 
So how, how does embracing our sexual energy and becoming more orgasmic then have a ripple effect into the rest of our lives and especially with business because I'm really intrigued about this. Again, great, great question. Great how you frame the question. So first of all, if somebody listening to this is a monk or a nun, don't worry. Sexuality is not a part of your life. You know, move on. That's okay. It's totally okay to be celibate. I'm, you know, in a celibate period as well. If sex is not important for you, don't worry. However, if you consider yourself a sexual person, you're in a relationship, if sex is part of your life, ask yourself, what is the, what is the quality of sex that you have? In? And maybe you say, ah, this is not important for me. Okay. Look at your life. Look at your family life. Look at your relationship. Look at your creativity. Look at your career. Look at your social interactions, which means your interactions with both men and women. And see, are you living the kind of life that you want to live? Are you making the kind of money that you want to, to make? Are you creating to the level that you want to be creating? Are you helping as many people? You want to help people? That's great. Are you helping as many people and as deep as you know that, that you can? Is your relationship, are you as good a mother or a father as you can be? Or are you stressed? So I would say that sexuality maybe is not the most important thing in your life, but it's like a little bit of a key and a fuel. And ask yourself, if, you're, if you have sexual issues, okay, if somebody doesn't have any sexual issues, uh, if you're able to orgasm nearly in any um, sexual situation, if you have those deep, beautiful orgasmic experiences by yourself with, and with your partner, again, move on, you know, switch to another podcast. Okay, you don't need to hear the rest of this. But if you're not having those experiences, consider that that might be affecting your life. If you're fearing sex, if you have pain and discomfort during sex, if you have shame and guilt and fear on sexuality, and can bolster the woman or a man, if you find yourself judging a lot, if you find yourself feeling judged a lot, if you're stopping yourself from doing things, okay, maybe it all boils down back to your sexuality. So the moment that you become more orgasmic by yourself. Some people tell me, I don't have a partner, I cannot do this. I'm like, great, you don't have a partner, that's amazing. You can spend like the next three, four months doing that and then you would attract a partner, okay? And you would see that once you become more orgasmic, once you become more self-loving, okay, by spending this time with yourself, allowing this time to yourself, your relationship would be better. Uh, if you want to be a mom, do you want to be a sexually frustrated woman? as a mom and, and consider how that would affect your children. So you wanna, you wanna um, prevent sexual abuse in the world, prevent your children from being either abusers or victims by being, not by what you're teaching them, but being a sexually empowered woman or man listening to this, okay? If you want to be a better business person, connect to the sexual energy. In the book, um, Think and Grow Rich, I think chapter 13, um, um, Napoleon Hill, his name, mm -hmm. um, said that sexual energy is kind of like the secret, um, the secret to success. Okay, so he said, like for men, he said, don't sow your wild oats to the wind, which means don't stop ejaculating all over the place. And it's very true for women as well. So you want to be, by the way, like let's talk about, you want to be more attractive, you want to be more beautiful, okay, connect with your sexual energy. I have seen women who are not according to whatever societal standards, you know, uh, the most, you know, attractive women. But they were so attractive because of the sexual energy. And the same thing with men. You want to be more beautiful. You want to be more healthy. 
you want to be more creative, you want to be making more money, you want to improve your connections with men and women in your, in your community. Because as long as you have issues with the masculine and feminine inside you, you would have issues with them outside. So it doesn't matter what you want to do in life. Sexuality is the enabler. Sexuality is, the, is one of the biggest keys to that. Is and can you... Uh, <laughs> does that answer the question? Or? Perfectly. Just before we finish, can you talk a little bit about the masculine and the feminine within us, how it, how it plays out within the relationship we have with ourselves, our partners, friendships, family, business, <laughs> and I suppose how we could, a really easy way that people could recognise it when it's not sort of in balance. You know what I mean? And they go, oh, okay, yep, I see. That's what that is now. Yeah. I, I kind of like feel we need, a, we need a separate like podcast episode and I'm enjoying, <laughs> enjoying this so much that if you tell me, listen, I want to record another one, you know, tomorrow I'll be, I'll be totally up for that. We can do that. Uh, um, the feminine is the part of us that feels. The masculine is the part of us that does things. You can also witness, a witness is also masculine. But also, but generally the doing is considered the masculine. Okay. When a woman feels, when a woman is an orgasm, she's not responsible for anything. Okay. When a person is in an orgasm, they're not responsible for anything. They are just feeling the pleasure. If I'm with a woman and I am holding the space, I am in the masculine. So masculine is more about direction. And the feminine is about feeling and I would say also expression. So many men, you know, it's like I, they'll come to my workshops. Um, I do this weekend workshops around, you know, expressing sexual energy, either solo, totally, by the way, totally solo or connected with other people. And the men will be lying there and they'll be like, no, I'm not feeling anything. I'm like, yeah, of course, because you're not breathing, you're not making sounds and you're not moving. So he's like, no, I enjoy meditating on this. I enjoy witnessing. And by the way, when I'm talking about those men, that totally used to be me. Okay, so the man is observing what's happening. And the women are going into like this crazy, you know, orgasms and crying and shouting and anger and whatever. Okay, so when you are, as a woman, when you're feeling that you're taking responsibility, when, when there's a goal, when you're doing something, that's the masculine. Okay, and instead, connect to your body, connect to your feeling, connect to expressing. And expressing means that Sounds are so important. You know, the, the, the editor of my book said I want the chapters to be, uh, she wanted the chapters to be the same length. She said, why is, sound, why is the sound chapter the biggest one, so much bigger than other chapters? Said, because it's so important. So being in the feminine is singing your pleasure, moaning your pleasure, crying your pleasure, shouting, and not just your pleasure, sorry. Cry everything that you're feeling. So go more, by the way, I would say that we need to, in some ways, to focus more on the feminine because that's what's, that's what's actually missing. Because most, mm -hmm. most women are more on the side of the masculine than on the side of the feminine. Or if they're on the feminine, by the way, they will be on the, on the immature feminine rather than the, the, the mature conscious feminine. So yeah, that's a, that's a taste of that. Um, and it's like, it's like there, was, there was like another thing that I, uh, another thing that I want to mention in, in regards to this, if I may. Mm -hmm. there's, there's some things we can do for ourselves that's why I talk about self-pleasuring a lot and there's also some things that, that we can only receive from another person 
and we need both. So I talk, I very much talk about self-empowerment, self-responsibility, everything about, you know, well, stoicism is also about that, the, 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 the philosophy of, of the, the, the way of life of, of stoicism. Okay, take full responsibility over yourself. But that also means be open to what another person can do for you. So that's, uh, that's uh, the fourth aspect in the book, the receive aspect. So there are people in the world who can help you with that. There are, you know, maybe even, maybe even psychotherapists, okay, and body workers and healers and workshops and books and whatever. You are not alone in this. So if you are listening to this and interested and intrigued and triggered and whatever, want more of this, know that you don't have to figure all of this by yourself. Okay, so, so seek those things that can help you. And again, and then go back to yourself and practice with yourself and then go to your partner or attract a partner and you will be amazed of what's possible with both of those things. That's uh, what they wanted to leave you with. And just one, just quick thing before we finish. If there's, if there's a couple, because I actually had somebody approach me and ask me about this um, a couple of weeks ago. So they're really, the female is really interested in Tantra and wanting to do some workshops or learn some more. Um, and her partner, you've probably heard this story a thousand times. Do I continue the question? And her partner, he pretty much is, he's a little bit intrigued because it's something to do with, sex at the end of the day but um he's like what's wrong with the sex we're having so what and so she's like i don't know sure what i should say you know and so how how does somebody handle that situation because i feel like that might be a common thing a common dynamic that extremely common thing yeah plays out 80 percent of the personal development industry which means the clients of the industry are women Mm mm-hmm Okay, um, I think I don't know. I don't know about Tony Robbins again, but but seriously, eighty percent of most of the market is women. Women are much more interested in uh, in improving themselves and and developing themselves and growing and so on than men. Okay, and what you just said, I I hear it all of the time, and that's a problem. So men are first of all they're not aware of how bad their sex is. So they think <laughs> like, oh, you know, I I last for you know twenty minutes, and I give my woman. 10 orgasms, which are all clitoral, obviously, because he's rubbing a clit like he's so in porn. <laughs> and, like, and he thinks he's, he's doing something good. It, sometimes even the woman is in the beginning thinks that something is good because, you know, it's the first time she orgasmed 10 times. But suddenly afterwards she feels depleted and she's, you know, emotional or whatever. We're kind of like backtracking a little bit. <laughs> so, yes. As men, you need to understand that if a woman is telling you that, you need to take... You need to take action because your relationship is going to end. And if your relationship is not going to end, you're going to be in a relationship which is not satisfying both of you. By the way, if one person is not satisfied in the the relationship, it means that the other person is unconsciously unsatisfied in the relationship. Mm -hmm. Okay. They're just not aware of that and not, they're not admitting that. I would say to the women, do whatever you can by yourself. Read orgasm unleashed your guide to pleasure, healing and power, you know, find it on you know intimatepower.com or amazon or wherever do all of the work that you can by yourself okay join the, the the sexual empowerment facebook facebook group go to workshops do whatever you can by yourself and then two things might happen one of them is that your men might catch up 
or you would naturally understand that is not the man for you, this is not a relationship for you. And by the way, some women would not do this because they are, they are actually aware that if they em embark on personal development, their relationship would finish. Mm -hmm. So they, that's what I mean about self-love. They prefer to keep themselves small and frustrated and having shitty sex or no sex or painful sex and, and with all of those effects on their life rather than actually taking a step. So again, I would ask you what is more important. So do whatever you can. Talk with your men. Uh, I did a Facebook Live about this uh, recently. Talk with your men and say, listen, I love you. And I'm so happy that we're together, either married or not married, whatever. It, it can be the same thing in a six-month relationship with no kids. And you can say, listen, it's been a great six months. I love you. I love being with you. But listen, I, some things need to change. I want to really expand our sexuality. And you can also add, listen, it's like I'm on this path. And if you're not going on this path with me, I don't think this place can last too long. So sometimes men need loving challenge. And the problem with many women is they're trying to save their men from challenge. They're like, oh, I don't want to hurt him. He is not a little boy. <laughs> so yes, you need to be, you need to be, you know, considerate and you need to be tactful in how you say this to a man, but you need, with the men, you need to be direct. Many women told me, no, but I told him. No, you didn't tell him. You hinted five times, but he didn't even get this one time because you hinted. You need to listen. Listen, Joe, I love you. And um, it really, I find it really frustrating that you come after 10 minutes or that you come at all, by the way. Okay. <laughs> Allow the men to be responsible for their own part. Okay. And then you can kind of like put, put it out there and then you can say, you know, Again, you can come to you know, intimatepower.com and find resources there or go anywhere. <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to say anywhere on the internet because I have men coming to me after they hurt themselves with some practices they found on the internet. So, you know, squeezing the whatever, okay? Mm -hmm. um, but leave it up to your man to do his work. So, so ignite, you know, say what's, express your needs, but then don't be the tantra teacher of your men okay? because then you shift the polarity. So make sure, make sure you give the man the freedom to do this by himself. Okay, so that's, uh, so that's the beginning of, the, beginning of the, the answer there. And yes, if, if some people want my personal help with this, I, I work with men and women and couples, uh, both personally and with a few workshops uh, uh, throughout the year, uh, throughout the world as well. And yeah, I can say that, I can say it's a life-changing experience. Seriously, mm -hmm. so it's not not just about sex. Mm -hmm. And that's where I was going to go next. Is where can people find you? Instagram, web, Facebook. What's the easiest way to get in touch? Yeah, so there is <clears throat> shitload of free content. First of all, on all of my channels, specifically intimatepower.com. Intimate like intimacy. It's not an internet <laughs> company. Uh, Intimate Power. Also look for Intimate Power in all of the all of the channels. Um, there's a free sample of my orgasm book on my page. There's a free version of the ejaculation control program. Um, there's, an, there's a program called Awakening Female Pleasure for Men. So again, if you ever had a man uh, kiss you too fast, too strong, you know, touch your breast too fast, too strong, penetrate you too fast, too strong, this is the program to teach them how to actually connect with a woman. Um, and yes, from there they can, they can, there's also a two groups for both men and women, separate groups for men and women on Facebook. 
where where women and men share their their experiences and i support them through that so yeah you can find links all over the all over the internet and i would really love if people listen to this if you can if you can either comment um or or comment on the facebook post and tag me like what did you get out of this like this mm. is so important that it's not don't make it listeners don't make it another inspiring podcast that you heard on itunes please <laughs> please like i'm begging you you know it's like please do something with this you know and you would see how literally your life changes not just your sex yeah and just before we finish what's one thing we can do every day to be the best us not worrying about being the best <laughs> so totally relaxing i had a men's circle yesterday and this guy was like yeah i'm raising the bar and so i was like don't raise the bar lower the bar don't worry about the fucking bar <laughs> okay what do you feel right now and what do you feel like doing right now that's uh yeah and and also you know self-pleasure every day <laughs> i was wondering if you're gonna throw that one in there <laughs> All right. Well, that comes to the end of our um, interview. But thank you so much. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. It's gone so fast. And I think, yeah, yeah, for sure, I'd love to have you back on as a guest. And I feel like maybe we could have a whole episode just about masculine and feminine and a whole episode about healing trauma and a whole another one about all these different things. So, yeah. um, And I want to add, Becky, it's like like, thank you because I am enjoying it so much. And that's what I'm saying. I'm happy to do another one because – because you're interviewing me and you're both sharing your own experiences and also you're allowing me to, to share this and share this with your audience. So I would also say that anybody who's a leader in any of the parallel fields, you know, men's work, women's work, coaching, business, wellness, um, if you're not including sexuality, something is missing. Don't call it holistic, okay, if you're not including sexuality. And also if you want to includes bring some of this work to your audiences to your people to your professions you know talk with me and let's see how we can bring this life-changing work to people and yeah and thank you becky i'm like oh such a good start of my day i'm so glad and a good finish to my day over here so also thank you thank you very much darling chat soon ciao how incredible was that if you want to hear more episodes like this please subscribe via iTunes and feel free to follow me on Facebook by searching Becky Taylor Transformational Coach and that's spelled B-E-C-K-I-E or my website is beckytaylor.com. Have an amazing day. Keep shining bright. Infinite love and gratitude.